Sundays we are to be found on Fab Radio International, discussing all things televisual. Every Sunday with me, Martin Holmes, and the regular guests to you now well known. This week it is Sandy who has returned, a fan of the stage with much wisdom learned, to share with us his thoughts both great and small, upon television theatrical. So he'll speak of many a school-day fear, the works of that William Shakespeare, and we'll discuss a pinter named Harold, plus several other playwrights bold, all for your entertainment and delight upon this latest show for Sunday night. So, without another further delay, with our time engines, we must again play. Do a quick applause and I can... <laughs> Hello, Sandy. How are you doing? I'm very well, Martin. How are you? What's occurring? Oh, what's occurring? Well, at the moment where I'm recording, there are, there are helicopters spinning. Well, not spinning. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the rotor blades are spinning, but uh, right. there are helicopters. Yeah. There's thundering rain. It's honestly, it's it's very dramatic. Oh, so I don't right. know what's going on, but uh, obviously by the time this, this goes out... Are we in a storm scene from King Lear or something like that? <laughs> oh, some, something of that ilk, definitely, yes. I remember the helicopters in King Lear. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> Espier. Funnily enough, over the weekend I watched uh, Bill. All right, yeah. The Horrible histories. uh not quite accurate oh. <laughs> retelling of, uh, right. of the William Shakespeare story. Right. So, uh, so there we go. So that yeah. that kind of links nicely into what we were going to talk about today. Which yes, was indeed. Theatre, bit of theatre on the theater. telly. Because you're you're a man of the theatre. Yeah, I've I've spent a fair bit of my life uh, in the theatre. Treading the boards. Treading the boards. Up in a lighting box. Pointing at people and telling them where to tread on where the walls. Where to travel, seven behind, seven behind bars. And obviously I watch a lot of theatre as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I watch theatre on television. So mm-hmm. it's, kind of a, it's kind of quite a, a major part of my life, it must be said. So, yes, so your idea of uh, talking about theatre seemed a, a pretty, uh, pretty good idea. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I thought maybe we would start. Oh, okay. How about the BBC Shakespeare? Ah, oh. Which ones? The old, old, the oldie ones. The, uh... the ones that were actually filmed with, with Shakespeare in them. Yes. Like they're, they're so old. <laughs> original, ca- original cast. The original cast recording. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought we'd look at the, uh, the, when the when the BBC took on the project of filming the entire Shakespeare canon, as it oh. were. He's obviously written more since then. Mm. As well, we all yes, know. obviously. Yeah. He's one of the uh, biggest television writers of the era, hasn't he? Yeah. So, uh, Bill, uh, and it, it's it's something I you know remember from my uh, my youth. It didn't yes. quite it didn't quite coincide with me actually needing 
to watch the plays as a resource for things mm. what I was studying at the time. Right. My affair with uh, studying the English language ended mm. in the 1979. Oh, I, uh, okay. The old BBC Shakespeare started in 1978. So, ah, uh, so this, is the, this is the colour, the version. Yes. The, uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan Miller. Jonathan Miller, heavily involved. He, he did yeah. seasons uh, three and four. Right. There were six seasons of it. Oh, okay. And there were uh, 37 plays. So, in a, in a typical kind of uh, no respect for the art thing, the BBC's idea initially was we'll, we'll do six seasons of six plays, right? And we'll we'll cram uh, Henry the uh, the six parts yeah. one, two, and three into Henry the six parts one and two. Therefore, oh. it will. Therefore, we will get a nice round number. Ah. Uh-huh. It's always good for those overseas sales to have a nice round number. Although at one point they used to do 13 a year, which was a quarter year. So I suppose yeah. it's not a nice round number, is it 13? It's a really odd, peculiar number. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a quarter of a year, you can see mm. that. But uh, 36 is an odd one. And, thir- and so, so actually Shakespeare wrote 37 plays. 30, 37 plays. And, and the complete Shakespeare is 36 of them. <laughs> <laughs> so... That as a bit of a, I, I would I would feel there's a gap on the shelf there. I would I would fret about that for a very long time. My my little OCD would be tingling over that. Yeah. Why why is the why why is the last one not there? Uh, or a, or the you know that thing where you get a, a part work over several months and, yeah. and suddenly it stops publishing right before uh, they do the last edition. <laughs> fortunately, uh, the kind of uh, sense sense was seen and they they mm. filmed. Uh, Henry the Sixth in its proper three parts, not in its no. two parts, which is right. uh, is kind of is right and proper. But mm-hmm. you think what what an amazing undertaking because it's mm. like you know what we're talking about here is effectively you're committing to making thirty seven films. Mm. It's not like At it's least. not like kind of uh, as if you're doing a, a series of thirteen one hour plays. No, mm. we're talking three hours two to three hours a pop mm. and uh you know to, and, to then, and also i suppose that you're also committing to them basically clog well not clogging up but filling up your schedule on yeah. a saturday or mm-hmm. a sunday night for several months or, yeah, or well, at least several uh, evenings yeah, and, I suppose and six, if you six weeks at a time is a kind of you know kind of a, it mm. becomes a bit of an event it's not going to be be because this was still pre-video, wasn't it? Really, I mean, yeah, I mean, home just, home video wasn't widespread. Uh, just about in... video would be just about starting then, I think. Yeah. You when, know. when do you? I mean, do you remember video arriving? Weirdly, I mean, yeah. do you remember suddenly being able to tape stuff or or? No. <laughs> oh right, no, okay. Yeah, because okay. it's transition, wasn't there? It's like other people seem to have video machines. That was yeah. the thing I always found. So mm-hmm. you'd go around to someone's house and they'd sort of show you the yeah. miracle that they were able to t- show you yesterday's Coronation Street or whatever. <laughs> it's like, whoa! I can watch it whenever I like. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah. The, the video revolution started. The, the first thing I remember watching on video mm. was uh, a video from a uh, video shop. Mm. And it was a friend of mine who got a video recorder. So this would yeah. be. Early eighties, and we watched *The Long Good Friday*. Right, it was absolutely super. What, a, what an introduction to the medium. <laughs> it's funny, actually. That would probably because uh, I'm thinking about the timing. I, I suspect uh, that would roughly have been when I was away from home for my my studies, mm-hmm. and we used to. There was that thing where there would be, there was a room, 
somewhere on on the campus where you could go and watch a film that you might not otherwise have seen. I think that's where I first saw uh, the Blues Brothers. And, yeah. and but also this was the era of the video nasty, oh, video yes. nasty, and so or the video nasty, nasty, and. Um, and he, I suppose I, I do remember seeing is it, is it Evil Dead Two? I remember seeing that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. not that bad actually. It's not that bad at all. But that was one of those yeah. things. They never seemed to get, and I and I know it didn't happen. You didn't really get when people first got videotape. You didn't really get people would suddenly decide to dig out, you know, fifteen hours of of Civilization by Ken Clark or something. No. You might get yeah. that in oddly enough in study groups. You know. Yeah. We did get mm. to see videotape, but uh, so Shakespeare. I mean, yes. a big mm -hmm. season of Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. You kind of it if it's three hours of your evening. I mean, I know, I like you say you're a man of the theatre yeah. and expecting people to sit down in seats for three hours and, and watch people do their th stuff mm -hmm. in their tights or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of part of that. But if you're not a particular theatre goer, trying to commit people to three hours of you know something that's ultimately some people do see as a bit elitist a bit yeah. cultural mm -hmm. you know culturally not them yeah. you know it's, mm -hmm. i mean okay they'll sit down and watch three hours well i would say i was gonna say three hours of a football game which shows <laughs> what i know about football but but i suppose there's all the the, the, the build-up and yeah. final day mm -hmm. and what have you and, they, and obviously they'll expect people to sit down for 15 hours of a royal wedding but generally speaking mm -hmm. trying to get an audience to say here's shakespeare saturday yeah. night mm -hmm. sit yourself down watch mm -hmm. it to the end uh, I mean, Hamlet's uncut is what four? four oh, hours? Yes, yeah, it's about yeah. four hours if you want to do the whole. Yeah. The whole so thing. It, it is kind of a commitment, and, and yeah. where, do you think this is where the BBC gets its this notion that it's a bit, you know, a bit posh, a bit, you know, there's a lot of people who say, oh, I only really watched ITV, and you think that's got something yeah. to do with, well, with, because it's BBC Two, wasn't it? Mostly did this yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, ITV at, at the same time were, you know, mm. they were doing. Proper drama Bride, as well. Bride's Head was on, was that, that sort of era. Theatre, yeah. you know. I remember watching, uh, in that era, it was uh, Macbeth with oh. uh, okay. Sir Ian McKellen and Judi Dench. Wow, and that very, was an ITV That was an ITV. Studios production. Wow. Yeah, well, I think I think they'd actually filmed uh, right. a production from some theatre, mm. but it was done very uh, in the round, with a very no set, and the whole thing was filmed really close up. You know, there we go, ITV. Yeah, let's let's give let's give him a bit of a Macbeth tonight, you know. Because we were sort of, yeah, are we supposed to spin down three times, spit on the floor, and all that kind of thing at the moment? Yeah, you know, oh, having mentioned yeah. the word, I, I, I managed, managed <laughs> to survive being in a production of it without uh, without too much uh, without mentioning the name of the, without, of without the main character the in the production play, anywhere yes. at all. <laughs> So, uh, oh, you superstitious was... old so-and-so, <laughs> you. Yeah. But... I just say, there was this era, wasn't there, about that time also, where things started to get done on film rather than... Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they start... If they were going to do it, they would think, oh, let's make it a film rather than... Yeah. There, there's a kind of transition from studio-based productions yeah. around that sort of late mm -hmm. 70s, early 80s yeah. uh, time, I should say. And so we got into this kind of peculiar thing where they would still make the Shakespeare plays, but they would suddenly... You know, you'd have locations and yeah. Uh, what's mm -hmm. the McKellen one where he's got tanks and stuff? That because that is that no, Richard? That's, that's, that's Richard the Third. Yeah, but that is a feature film, isn't it? Yes, that's, that, that's, uh, that's a film. That's not. No, and um, yeah, that's kind of uh, is that the the late nineties, early two thousands, I think, mm. some kind of period like that. Right. But yeah, it's kind of like the intention with this, the, doing the whole canon of Shakespeare, mm. was that they would do things straight. 
that they wouldn't mess about and go no. for radical reinterpretation because, you know, they were hoping that it wouldn't just attract the uh, mm. the Shakespeare buffs out there, but that it would be a kind of a kind of clear, accessible for people who. Well, and also, I mean, I think you've got a. They had an eye on on sort of masterpiece theatre in America, didn't they? You know, yes. this is this is the BBC. This is the British television at its best. This is our finest character <laughs> actors. You can't afford to fly over to come and see yeah. them in the West End. They're not there anyway because we can't get these kind of casts together for a West End show. Yeah. So if you want to see these people doing their thing at the absolute top of their game, we're going to make yeah. thirty-seven full productions of it. And it, well, it was done in conjunction with Time Life, right? So they got they got some American money in there, mm. and uh, they actually made money on it oh, okay. because the obviously the kudos of the BBC name mm. meant in terms of selling it to other countries. Right. Uh, you know, you go well. Yes, it's at the BBC. It's these people mm. at the uh, the top of the game. So uh, mm. off we jolly well go. Do you uh, remember? Did you actually watch them at the time? Some of mostly, them. Some, yeah. I seem, them. I seem to watch the early ones, and then mm. uh, I suppose but by you know, I went was, out drinking I'll, on Saturday night. Instead. Drinking, yeah, my my drinking habits, yeah. I was <laughs> a little bit older. You should, you should, you should know that uh, at some point in that uh, in those seven years, I achieved the age of eighteen and could drink legally, and may well have taken uh, may well have taken advantage of that. I suppose the other thing with Shakespeare rightly or wrongly is that it does tend to have it has its top 10 doesn't it i mean people people will go out their way to see the scottish play yeah uh, you know the, mm. the hamlet macbeth all that yeah the, some of the henry's get a bit sort of sidelined don't they? yeah get, the, the historical bit. ones uh are probably less uh mm. less appealing mm. but yeah i mean there's the, the classical tragedies Wait, of what, uh, as opposed to the comedies comedies <laughs> Well, oh, hilarious, rib tickling. People, carry on Shakespeare. People do like a Midsummer Night's Dream, you know. Mm. It's got to be said. And uh, as a man of the theatre yourself, do you, do you pretty much you know you'll fill the place if you've got Midsummer Night's Dream on? It's, 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 it's the safest one to do. Really? Even uh, now? No, really. Yeah, I think you you do well if, if people like the mechanical. It's I mean it's quite a nasty play yeah. in various points. So. Yeah. Uh, but nobody gets baked in a pie in that one, do they? That's no, there's there's a bit of a lack of like well, somebody gets turned into a, uh, <laughs> a an ass at some point, or appears mm-hmm. to have been turned into an ass. And uh, yeah, and it, it's it, interesting looking at it how some attitudes have uh, have changed over the years since then. Well, yeah, I should go back and say that you know the BBC had been putting on Shakespeare for years before oh, and, and continue to do afterwards mm. but this was a kind of a definite project and mm. you know you weren't going to go and oh, we'll just like oh, we've got a king leader in the can here that we've had for mm. a few years let's yeah. stick that one out so they're all uh, new and contemporary and the actors were sort of yes mm-hmm. and again this is uh two or three years after clavdivs after claudius isn't it yes yeah. so mm-hmm. Uh, which actually proved that you could do good acting in something that yeah. resembles a theatre set <laughs> without necessarily yes. being. Were, were they? I presume they were done without audiences. No, you? yeah, no audience. Yeah. No. They weren't done in the in the BBC Television Theatre. <laughs> it's it's five to eight. It's Sunday night. <laughs> ah, yes, King yes, Lear. King Lear. <laughs> yeah. No, so so these. I mean, they were they were rehearsed, record. Um, yeah, and inter- interesting to know if you you know if you look at the recording times, they were mm. filmed in a week. Wow! 
you know, Re- what, rehearsed, rehearsed or just filmed in a week? Filmed in a week. Right. Okay. So that's, you know, that's kind of quite a lot of, uh, well, you couldn't make a movie in a week. Well, you could, but it wouldn't necessarily yeah. be the world's greatest <laughs> and, movie. And, you know, the, these days, there's, a kind of, there's the National Theatre live things mm. and other other kind of live performances of drama mm. are available, of course. And, yes. you They've know, kind that, of proved you know, it works, haven't they? That's yeah. the interesting mm. thing. I mean, you, I mean, nowadays, people will go to the cinema and see a play being streamed live from yeah. from mm. AN or the venue, mm. uh, usually the West End that none of us up here can afford to go to. No. Quite mm-hmm. What was it? You you had tickets for something that got cancelled, didn't you? How much How much were they? <laughs> and you told me that these tickets for this show you were going to go to, and it was just it was just outrageous oh, to no, me. I've ever brushed that out of my mind, whatever, whatever it was I was ranting about then. <laughs> oh, was it? Uh, no, it, uh, it was funny enough, it was um, the Shakespeare, the David... Um... Oh, yes, uh, yeah, I was, I was going to see uh, Upstart. Crow. Upstart Crow. The movie. No, the the, movie, the, yeah. the play, the theatre, darling. Mm. And it was yeah. it, I know because you just told me that you'd got these tickets and I thought, oh, right. and, you, and you said and you told me how much they were and I just I just thought, I, I think I near, I nearly fell in the canal. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking I, I was because I was quibbling sometimes about how much we were paying for these uh, tickets to see it in the cinema. Yeah, it's yeah, you you write off probably about fifteen quid seeing something streamed live from the mm. West End into your mm. uh, your local uh, Google Multiplex. But anyway, so um, I suppose we should really actually talk about the BBC productions. Uh, what what were the actual? Have you got the list in front of you? Yeah, I've got the list in front of me with with cast. So with ca- it, it, oh. got, it got off to an amazingly bad start because they made <laughs> this, this is unbelievable because they made much ado about nothing. Right, is that that's and then that's your primary go? That's yeah, where we're going to go. We're going to start. Yeah, they didn't do them in new chronological order. The order they were alphabetically. <laughs> and it started off much ado about that nothing with uh, Penelope Keith and Michael York. Right. And he didn't show it. Oh. They started with the second one, which was Romeo and right. Juliet. Okay. <laughs> there was something wrong with the uh, the initial much ado about nothing, and didn't get shown, and ended up. Much Ado About Nothing appeared, let's just see where we go on this one, in Series 7 with a completely different wow. recording. So they, they wasted, completely... they, they wasted uh, a whole recording at the cost of £250,000. Is, is it still available if you know where to look? I don't, know. I, don't, been I don't know. Yeah. Bunged onto the, the bonfire of... Yeah. Uh, Mm-hmm. Any reason why have they ever said why they were uh, the, There was there was kind of rumours it was somebody's accent something had gone wrong with the filming, but it just it just didn't. For studio recording, generally speaking, you don't. I mean, it's not like there's a big scratch on the film, is there? You know, it's uh, videotape. You know, yeah. videotape recording can is it's usually quite sound, even if yeah. You know. It was just some something about it just kind of. Uh, did nobody? Somebody uh, didn't like. Uh, it was announced at the start of the season, suddenly pulled and replaced with Romeo and Juliet. No reasons were given for the decision, although simply been postponed for reshoots due to an unspecified actor's very heavy accent. Oh, that'll be me. Yeah. And concerns <laughs> that US audiences would be unable to understand the dialogue. Uh, and no reshoots were done, and it was just done again. All right, interesting. Because, again, that's kind of weird, isn't it? You know, you kind of think, who is that actor? <laughs> yeah, that on your CV. Whose career? I've <laughs> trying to do uh, what much ado is. What is that set? Forest of Arden. Oh, okay. Forest, oh, oh, we get much ado and as you like it mixed up. Right. Yeah, sorry, much ado is in Italy, isn't it? So, right. 
I think that one. So maybe some somebody's broad, thick. Although apparently, according to uh, what Lisa was telling me on a previous episode, that never used to stop. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Bowles has apparently got a very thick one in one of the uh, Shadow of the Tower episodes. So. Right. So, uh, and, and when which we're, apparently has to be seen to be believed or heard to be believed. So, there we go. so we've got all the big names turning out in these right. productions, but and you know people who subsequently become very famous. Oh yeah, Romeo and Juliet, Rebecca Sayre, uh-huh. and Patrick Reichardt as Romeo. Now Patrick Rebecca Re- Rebecca Sayre was fourteen yeah. when it was filmed. Now you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be casting a fourteen-year-old as a as a fourteen-year-old as a fourteen-year-old, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just uh, and uh, yeah. So you look down the cast: Celia Johnson, Michael Hordon, yeah. John Gilgood, Anthony wow. Andrews, Alan Rickman, and uh, you know it's a fairly wow. weighty start. You know, and again, people. these are all actors who I suppose, in many ways, for them it might have been their first sort of wide, yeah. Mm-hmm wider exposure i mean alan rickman you know when you consider i mean you know most of us consider his career started with die hard <laughs> <laughs> ironically but I'm, um, I'm always truly madly deeply on that one yeah uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I did see alan rickman perform hamlet wow in a, in a, in a hall in liverpool st george's hall i think it was and uh yeah another one year we're, we're talking about uh changing attitudes and you wouldn't have a uh, a fourteen-year-old playing uh, Juliet, Othello. Right. Who, uh, hmm. Who played Othello? Jonathan Miller, directing, wanted to get yeah. James Earl Jones ah, into play. Yeah. Great piece of casting. Equity. Mm. Mm. Very, no. very. Yeah, you know, you're not having an American coming in to do it. <laughs> well, when we have a country full, full of, of fine, fine, actors. outstanding actors. So, so. Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh. Ouch. So you see where the problem with that one is. Oh God, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, well, it's it's. It, I'm surprised actually. I'm surprised that late in the day. I, yeah. There's been quite a lot of talk generally about, shall we say, um, actors making up to try and resemble other uh, cultures and what have you mm-hmm. over the years. And but I actually pretty much thought that had pretty much stopped by. Certainly, by the eighties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that is surprising. That's and yeah, and you know, within a few years later, uh, as part of the kind of the masterclass theatre, um, mm. whatever it's called, the, the project that came after that. Mm. Yep, it was totally unacceptable to do it. Mm. Uh, oh, come on! So did they remake that one as well? No, no, yeah, that's right. that's it. So if you go, that's, you know, if you get if you, get if you BBC, go and get it off your shelf, yeah, it will be. Right. Uh, I'm assuming it's available. It will, yeah. That you can buy the box set. Anthony Hopkins as Othello and his brother Bob as Iago. <laughs> Sorry about that. It had, it had to be done. Uh, right. Okay. The other one they had problem with in the states was he did Merchant of Venice, mm. and you know went fine in the UK, but mm. there was a big kind of uh, campaign in the states. Mm. from uh, Jewish groups against that, mm. you know, you shouldn't be depicting mm. Shylock on stage because mm. on TV because that's a, mm. you know, such a negative uh, portrayal mm. and stereotyped yeah. and throwing mm. all the names. And it was played by Warren Mitchell. Warren Mitchell as Shylock, directed by Jack Gold. So, you know, there was heavy, you know, in the UK it wasn't regarded yeah. as, as a problem, but, you know, there certain groups in the... Uh, oh, Warren Mitchell is such a 
brilliant actor. Yeah. He was such a brilliant actor, though. I mean, the fascinating thing about, for me, with... Because, um, I mean, a lot of people at that stage would have only thought of him as Alf Garnet, really, wouldn't they? Yeah. And, and yet, actually, when you look back at the variety of, of yeah. Warren Mitchell's work over a couple, you know, two or three decades, it's astonishing. It's astonishing. Yeah. The range of performances he put in and and what have you but but yeah i can again it is weird because we we look at shakespeare as this cultural cornerstone if you like and you know it's almost like the best of british and everything like that but there's a lot of dodgy stuff in there isn't there really it's it's it's, it's and again now you kind of think mm, how you know how could you sort of get around that for a television production and yeah. i don't think it's easy i don't think it's as it's, it's straightforward as people would, would have you believe yeah so uh, that was a bit of a one. So is this is still all the first series, really? No, this this is. Ah, oh, okay. No, I, I just I just thought if they'd actually had these, they'd made, <laughs> made the first six, and three of them were kind of unbroadcastable. It was yeah. becoming problematical immediately. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, the first season: Romeo and Juliet, King Richard II, mm. as you like it, Julius Caesar, Measure mm. for Measure, and the famous history of the life of King Henry the Eighth. Ah. See, so that's you know you're on the kind of. Season yeah. two started with uh, first part, Henry the Fourth, part one, Henry the Fourth, part yeah. two, yeah. Life of Henry the Fifth, yeah. Twelfth Night, Tempest, Hamlet. Right. So okay. uh, Hamlet, of course, played by uh, Mister Jacoby, as he was at the time. He's, he's no doubt Sir Derek or whatever now. Yeah. Uh, Claire Bloom as Gertrude, wow. Patrick Stewart as Claudius. Patrick Allen as a ghost of Hamlet's father. <laughs> Fantastic. Ian Charlson in there. Yeah. You know, just any time you look at these kind of the casts, there's just an amazing uh, yeah. collection of people. I should go down to the uh, A Midsummer Night's Dream. I did mention A Midsummer yeah. Night's Dream. And uh, yeah, that's quite a kind of, it's quite a nasty play when you look at the lovers mm. in it and stuff like mm. that. So uh, who do you think would play bottom in it? Oh, what do you I don't know. Top of my head, uh, Ronnie Corbett. Brian Glover. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Great yeah, I Brian see that. Glover. Like, like a bit of Brian. And also... Have you ever seen... I think he's. Uh, it's in uh, an episode of Secret Army. He, he plays a Nazi, and Brian Glover is a Nazi. is a very bizarre, <laughs> very bizarre thing. Yeah. To be honest, I mean it's a it's a good episode. It's not yeah. that he's bad in it by any stretch, mm-hmm. but uh, when Brian Glover pops up as things, sometimes you do kind of think, oh yeah, that's that's an interesting piece of casting. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. always always value for money and always yeah. a very good performance. It's uh, especially when he sort of came out of Kez, really didn't he? Our Kez was pretty much that was, yeah, that's really what made his kind of uh, mm-hmm. his name. Also, in amongst the mechanicals, Jeffrey Palmer. Wow. Phil Daniels. And uh, are you sitting down for this one? Go on. Don Estelle. <laughs> You're sitting down. No, I'm just incredibly short. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get me pith helmet. No. I see. Yeah. I think that's that's interesting actually because what what that does prove is there's so there was such a wealth certainly in those days. I don't I don't necessarily think that modern telly mm. quite has the same. There was a broad spectrum of very dependable character actors. Yeah. That you mm-hmm. could rely on to come in, maybe not do the you know biggest role in anything, no. But they would come in and they would be absolutely on the yeah. money. I mean, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Palmer, just I mean, as a, as a almost as a throwaway extra in something as astonishing as that is, is, is <laughs> yeah. quite incredible, mm-hmm. isn't it? When you think about it. Yeah. Also in there, we got uh, Robert Lindsay. Robert Lindsay comes up a lot. Phil Daniel, yeah. Phil Daniels as Puck. Helen yeah. Mirren as Titania. So that's mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, it's quite a kind of uh, 
quite a collection of people in there. The, the big roles over the uh, over the kind of uh, the piece. Macbeth was Nicole Williamson. Mm-hmm. Uh, King Lear, Michael Horden. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think that actually got a Radio Times cover. I remember Horden yeah. on the cover mm-hmm. of the RT. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but yeah, you, you look down the kiss. There's all sorts of people in there. Dave Prowse is in there. Dave Prowse obviously kind of uh, silent, regular, but huge. Yeah, yes. he, he was the imposing figure of choice <laughs> back then. I think. Yeah, Diana Dawes appeared in there. Right. Leonard That's Rossiter was in there. Leonard Rossiter, King John. Give you that right. as, a, as a title role. But you can that. just That's can actually, yeah, because really yeah, I mean, you, you tend to forget that he was a really, uh, oh. you know, a a proper Busted. great actor, a great proper actor. Yeah. Always surprises me when he turns up in two thousand and one. I, 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 every single time I watch two thousand and one, I'm always surprised by Leonard <laughs> Rossiter turning up. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, as a theatre watcher, mm. as a theatre goer, if you like, as a theatre doer, yeah. if you like, mm. uh, what, what's your take on theatre on the telly generally? Yeah, it's. Do you like think it, it works? It does. Yeah, it, it, it's it's not the same because you you're not mm. you're not part of a a live audience mm. uh, doing it and I, I do like it when they uh, they don't try and break out they don't try and take you mm. offset into into other mm. areas so they can uh, mm. the discipline of doing something mm. it's the it's like as theater but done in the studio yeah kind of mm-hmm. thing. so basically the audience are the TV cameras that are moving yes around and, and, yeah. so we're part of that so it's kind of it's good, and you know I enjoy the kind of the live streaming of things as well because mm. they've they've not just pointed a camera in the uh, the mm. middle of the auditorium and said like mm. you know off off you go. Mm. Uh, you know they've actually thought about angles and yeah. how to bring you. In I mean, to... it isn't. They're not playing it to a proscenium arch, are they? I mean, yeah. they are proper. Mm-hmm. I mean, the sets are built for television. They are. They're not. Which yeah. does actually make it slightly different in some ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, like you were saying about the National Theatre stuff. The interesting thing to that is there must be a lot of cameras because they it is the play as you see it yeah. on a stage mm-hmm. in London. But you do get the close-ups. You do get the you don't get the pillar in front of your face. No. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't get the person with the massive hat yes. in front of you and all that kind of. Really big hit. And also the, the the one other one I forgot about that uh, mm. Taming of the Shrew. Pet- ah. Petruchio, John Cleese. Cleese, yeah, I can see that weirdly. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I actually think that's, uh, there is a little bit of out of the box casting, although I think, like you say, Hopkins as as Othello is a bit yeah. out of out of mm-hmm. everybody else's box as well. So, yeah. what was the last one they made of, of the? Uh, they finished having uh, re-recorded. How uh, you mm. They finished with Titus Andronicus. Right. So that one went out. In, where are we? You didn't then do a series of sonnets or anything like that. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just trying to try to see who the who the kind of the big names were in there. I have seen Titus Andronicus, but it's mm. kind of it's pretty gorgeous. Oh, Trevor Peacock was in there. Trevor Peacock also had Anna Calder Marshall, wow. Brian Prothero, Eileen Atkins. Mm. Do you think that actually there was a kind of rewards thing going on because all these names seem to get sitcoms or and or big drama series over the course of the next decade mm. didn't they you know again it's exposure it's familiar and it, i suppose yeah. it's also the fact that you you know you do a good job and people rely on you and depend yeah. on you I, mean, mm-hmm. I imagine that the the chap with the, the dodgy axe maybe <laughs> did, didn't get, get it is, yeah it's a little black mark against its fail when you get it out off the shelf are you at all familiar with the 60s shakespeare's 
because they, no, they've had not a, so much not so much with no. those ones I, I know there's a lot of sort of dame judy and an old footage of sean connery and all that yeah. kind of thing sort mm-hmm. of uh, in in those sort of films so um briefly mm-hmm. while we're while we're on this because we might as well Generally speaking, things like armchair theatre and uh, Wednesday play and stuff. How do you feel? Do yeah. you feel they kind of work? Not many of them were done as were they? Were they mostly done as play? Still as plays? Really? Yeah, they were kind of because I keep mixing them up with the the ones where the armchair cinema. Yeah, armchair cinema. But sort there of... was the there were things like Abigail's Party. Yes, which was a play for today, but was yes. already a stage play. Right. So they went and they uh, they pulled that mm. out. So yeah, I think that's a kind of a different. Genre. So that's a different style to a lot of yes. what else mm-hmm. was in. Because I mean, some of the uh, the armchair theatres particularly were mm-hmm. films by another name, really, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. But then there was scum and stuff. Yeah, there, there was a series game after that, which was mm. Theatre Night, right? Which, which came after uh, Play of the Month. Mm. and before performance and it was like mm. very much in the same the same vein as in we're mm. going to go for uh, your your kind of stone cold classic plays and also mm. some kind of modern ones so you're going to go to your Ibsen and Molly and Wilde mm. and Shaw and Orton oh, and right, people like okay. that and yeah. do their uh, do their big do hitters their things yeah and uh, there was a great season of that because of uh, that started 85 which is a bit round mm. about the time then so i'm looking at that lady windermere's fan mm. and what we got absent friends the father okay. playboy the west indies and one that, couple that really stuck in my mind from that era mm. were uh, tartuffe oh, which okay. is uh, the, the old molly which was anthony Cher. Mm. so i'd, I'd kind of heard of Anthony Cher. Did Anthony Cher write a book about it? I no doubt did. <laughs> so I haven't played, haven't played Molly in a play about mm. Molly. He then played Tartu, and he was, he was absolutely stunning in that one. Yeah, uh, to be fair, you, you always get value for money with Cher. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh... And a big favourite of mine of that era is the birthday party. Ah. As you know, I'm a massive, you know, a really big Pinter fan of. Mm. I've done. Heck of a lot of Pinter at the time. and he... You've got to watch it, though, haven't you? Because if you pause too long, they stick an advert in. <laughs> so he actually, he appeared in the birthday party himself. So ah. He played Goldberg. Wow. Along with uh, Joan Plownwright, uh, Kenneth Cranham, Colin Blakely, mm. Julie Walters and Robert mm. Lang. So it must have wow. been a bit of a challenge for old Kenneth Eyes to direct Pinter in a Pinter play. <laughs> in Pinter. <laughs> You see, I, I, it's funny actually because I was thinking about you know this subject because last Christmas I, I seem to be doing a lot of vaguely Christmassy based episodes at the moment, but um, it seems to just be much on my mind. I don't know why. Maybe it's because we we all missed having a proper one. I don't know. Yeah. But, but someone uh, posted a link or rather mentioned in the conversation and you know said if you can watch it, find find a way of watching it. There was the season's greetings. All right. Ball. Mm-hmm. Which had Jeffrey Palmer in it. I think that was it. It was it was somebody mentioned it uh, around about the time Jeffrey Palmer passed last year. Yeah. That uh, if if you get chance at Christmas, watch Seasons Greetings. Yeah. And it's interesting. I have very strong memories of watching Seasons Greetings, and I also have very very strong memories of Tom Conti in the Norman Conquest. Right. Both being done as big prestigious television productions, and yeah. I just wondered if you had any memories of of the old Eight Ball on TV. God. Yeah, see, I've never liked Alan Aitbon. He's, he's ah, somebody who... As a as a writer? Or yeah, as a, as a, as a writer, yeah. I just doesn't 
doesn't do it. Doesn't do it. Because I, I, I must admit, I do. I have a, a DVD of Norman Conquest, and I just right. remember that being a big event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, it's weird because in my mind it gets mixed up with the good life because I think it's half, half the same <laughs> cast. I, mean, yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. Mm. It's just I think it's that Penelope Keith, uh, Felicity Kendall. Yeah. yeah, for some reason, it kind of it's kind of like Eightborn as some massively confusing yeah. sort of take uh, on the good life, and it all just yeah. mashed up in my head. But uh, but you you actually don't no, hadn't but... have no real memories. I just remember, remember Tom. I just remember it being very yeah. very, mm-hmm. very very enjoyable. But uh, but that aside, I was just thinking: Do you have much recollection of other you know plays that have been that you've known from the stage turning up as television productions at all yeah i'm, I'm, I'm gonna go back to pinter again like pinter pinter is you know you, you think he could have made his name late 50s into early 60s so mm. quite a lot of his stuff would turn up on tv as a kind mm. of a straightforward production of you know kind of mm. almost like a kind of film of a a play and his TV mm. plays he's done have then turned into mm. into stage shows. Uh, the Hot House, amazing play that's never mm. not done nearly as often as it should be. There is a TV version of that, mm-hmm. which is uh, is on the uh, Pinter at the BBC DVD mm-hmm. set. So that's gonna that's well worth digging out. Uh, at the same time he did the birthday party, he must have done the dumb waiter because he he took two of the cast and basically yeah. stuck him in a. Uh, stuck him in a basement somewhere and filmed <laughs> film Colin Blakely and uh, Kenneth Cranham. Kenneth mm. Cranham, you know, basically stick him in a studio. And it's, you know, it must be easy to do these things. Yeah. Uh, just to kind of go, all right, we've, we've got a show here. Let's uh, mm. let's do it. Mm. And there was a, yeah, a really good version of An Enemy of the People right. by Ibsen, which was done by BBC Scotland, mm. which... Uh, Kind of went there out was, some. There was a phase, wasn't there, as well? Quite. Well, I'm trying to think exactly when. It feels like recently, but it was probably about three, thirty <laughs> years ago. <laughs> so what tends to happen with me is that you would get celebrity Godos. Yeah. You would get waiting for Godot, and and it, but it would be the celebrity of du jour or whatever. Yeah. Would would suddenly they they'd get to their mate and they would just do their their version of Godot and that would set get taped and and get released as a. Yeah. Theatre. Do you genuinely prefer? I know this is yeah. a weird, probably again, very weird, massively left field question, really. But do you prefer your theatre on TV to have an audience, or do you prefer it to be performed as if there were an audience, but without an audience? Generally. Yeah, that's, that's a good, good question. That one. Yeah, I think I probably prefer it with an audience because it because it just it has more of that live. Mm live feel about it but you sort of get the coughs and sneezes yeah. and the what have you but that doesn't so you don't find yeah. that distracting or anything no. or you actually get i mean the thing is i suppose if it's a really good performance you actually get sucked yeah. into that you mm. don't notice it i mean I, I i'm just remembering nights in the theater where some bug is behind me with his crisps and what have you and, yeah and how that can actually take you out of the yeah. play mm-hmm. because you know uh, and i just wondered really generally speaking do you feel that filming a production with cameras as if it's a real stage play works yeah. better than, like you say, building sets and having you know TV camera moves? Yeah, because I I think with some of these, when going back to Shakespeare, the words, if you like, are the same, mm-hmm. and obviously you see various versions of a play. Obviously, it's the words remain constant even if the yeah. actors change and everything like that. But I just so I'm just thinking. 
you must have like for like experiences of say Macbeth or yeah. or um, you know Pinter. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering, generally speaking, are the ones that stick with you the ones that are with an audience or without yeah. audience? Is it down to the actor? I think a lot of it is the audience because it feels mm. more like a, a shared experience, which is what mm. theatre is about. Yeah. You're seeing the same thing as the person next to you and the, the person yeah. behind you and all that. Mm. and you Breathing the same air. Your reaction, yes. <laughs> try, try not to go there. Try not to breathe in the same air these days. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, interestingly, the, the BBC have just put on a whole season of plays on this called Lights Up. Mm. I don't know if you've seen any of those. A kind of typically one-person shows mm. obviously written for theatre but just done mm. kind of straight to camera and it's been uh, yeah it's been some quite uh, interesting stuff on there you know, very well i mean because we're, we're based in manchester and you know theatre in the round obviously is a big part of what the exchange yeah. does mm-hmm. do you feel that generally you know being able to see the faces beyond the actors you know because you know they are you know somebody picking the nose yeah. or or waving to their mum or whatever. Falling asleep. You know, do you, <laughs> falling asleep, yeah. I mean, do you feel that actually detracts in any way, shape or form when it comes to... No. Because obviously it's all about the performance. It's all yeah. about, you know, <laughs> looking down. So uh, generally speaking then, would you say that the television camera as audience in and of itself, do you feel it does change what happens between the actor and the audience? In the sense yeah. that... Because it, obviously you can go from a wide shot to a close up. Yeah. You can go, you know, switch a shot to a side view, you yeah. know, a different uh-huh. angle, which you can't do when you're sitting in a seat in yeah. the theatre. Mm-hmm. Now again, yeah. the performance is powerful. The words are the same, but do you feel the relationship changes between the audience and the, and yeah. the, the actors? I, I, yeah, I think because the the camera lets you suddenly go really close in, mm. and they can do stuff much more intimately mm. that you. It's a kind of a, it's a better, mm. it's a more interesting. Uh, well, this is it. I mean, if you're at the back of an auditorium, yeah, you know, and someone is, and you're, you know, a long, long mm-hmm. people have to do a quite big performance. Yeah, to, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lots of arm as I'm doing now, yeah. which nobody can see. <laughs> lots of arm waving, but but when you go into that very intimate, very close up, yeah, sort of. Mm-hmm. I mean, the big speeches in in something like Shakespeare, they. You, so much can be done with so little, just with the eyes, just yeah. with a, you know, a flick of an eyebrow or whatever. And I just wonder whether that does change the the intimacy yeah. of the Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. Do you feel in many ways it gets you more understanding of the intention or, or, or the acting? Yeah. Or do you, mm-hmm. you feel you see the acting more when you're in that enclosure? Yes. I always feel that most the best acting is invisible, isn't it? You know. Yeah. Well, I think the... You know, if you're in a, a big, big venue, then mm. some people are looking up the actors' noses, and mm. some other people are fifty yards away or mm. whatever. So it's a kind of the, the the performance has to suit both experiences. Mm. But that's the difference with the television. But with the television, yeah. you've got that ability to actually go in or stand yeah. back or see the person in in isolation. But also, everybody's getting the same. Yeah view mm-hmm. i mean and, and I, I always again it's one of those weird things that with live theater i mean i if, if you roll back the years to live television which mm-hmm. you know decade decade and a half, two decades before there were you couldn't retake you know but if you're not happy with your performance in 1978 you can you can 
swear or something and, and go again. But actually back in sort of 1956, if you were doing Shakespeare, yeah. you know, if you got it wrong, you were there in front of, I mean, okay, yeah. the audiences might not have been that, you know, yeah. I mean, it would still be a couple of million people. <laughs> and if you freeze on, on, on screen or can't remember your words, everybody's going to see yeah. it. And I just think that, I mean, because obviously, like I say, you're a, a man of the theatre yourself, but you've you've got this this sense of standing there like a rabbit in the headlamps you know it must have happened and it must have happened mm. a lot uh but you can you can do the performance again and there's a, there's an interesting thing that people talk about i don't know if you've come across this where sometimes people give their absolute best performance in the rehearsal yeah. and and sometimes their actual live performance can mm -hmm. or you know on screen performance can actually be quite flat in comparison i just wondered if you had any opinions on that no <laughs> well, yeah, I'll just stand here looking like a rabbit in the headlamps now and yeah, go, all yeah, oh, right, yeah, uh, well, we'll talk about something else. Shuffles yeah. paper, shuffles paper. Uh, oh, let's put a record on. No. Yeah, I, I think it's it's just that you, when you're in a, you know, the, the live theatre Yeah, there's adrenaline, isn't there? That's yeah, the thing, there's like adrenaline. Something, you know, something will mm. get you to the end of it. I've, you mm. know, never. No, I just, I suppose what I'm asking really is, do you, have you ever felt disappointed by a recorded play because you know maybe that that same adrenaline isn't there or do you ever or do you just think that part of the acting process is that obviously they get worked up because they're performing no matter yeah. what they do yeah i just yeah i i, I do like the, the the live experience and the fact mm. it's it's like it is what and all you know mm. it's like uh, there is no yeah. kind of retake and you know the the speed people's minds work at when they're when they're doing mm. these things is just yeah phenomenal you yeah. know I'm always incredibly impressed that anybody can remember any mm. of the words that they have to actually stand and say in front of people. And I know, I know it's not coal mining, yeah, but the, it's the, the way the way you deliver it. You know, it's just got to be, yeah, uh, got to be right. So, I mean, I, I had a friend who went to the Donmar mm. to see Coriolanus a few years ago, and it was uh, Tom Hiddleston, and that was weirdly enough that was done as an NT live as well from yeah. from the Donmar mm. and. And that was a very different because it was such an intimate venue, very yeah. small uh, venue, and obviously you know, filming or shooting that for these massive cinema screens was was obviously it was a it was a very different experience for me than my friend who actually went to the Donmar. Yeah. And uh, I imagine, depending on your point of view, I because mean, I, obviously the thing is that you can, by nature of these things, you can, they do do re-showings and stuff so yeah. you can actually mm -hmm. go and see the play live if you are in that fortunate position or you were in that mm -hmm. for fortunate position and you could then go and see it again i, I really i suppose i'm just asking you do you feel the, the experience would somehow feel the same but different yeah i've, I've sat and watched encore performances i as mm. i believe they are known uh, <laughs> and it well like i say you've got the terminology yeah right? it, it, feels, <laughs> it feels the same I, I still you... call it the intermission at football. <laughs> <laughs> Half time in the theatre, yeah. But it, yeah, it's a kind of you know that nobody's going to hopefully nobody's going to go in like uh, airbrushed out something. Ah, well, you see, I've got uh, a disc somewhere which is the they did a live production of Quatermass Experiment because, mm -hmm. as you know, traditionally I try and get a reference to Quatermass in yeah. every single episode of this show. But they did it live as a as a celebration of 50 years of television, I yeah. think it was. And, and they did, uh, they, they sort of went back and did the scripts again uh, somewhere near the Tate about 15 years ago. 
and apparently the the thing on the disc is that the the one on the disc is mostly the the live performance I've seen, but one of the actors dried, and so they've used the one from the rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, it, it, it'd be interesting, like I say, if if you if you found out that, that what you'd seen wasn't actually the one, you know. I, I mean, have you ever been to one where they're filming? I know you've actually uh, been in in the theatre when other people have been filming. Yeah, I, I don't think I have actually. No, I yeah. yeah, I don't know how disturbing it would be or distracting, mm. distracting mm. or disturbing. <laughs> Oh, I'd be watching the cameras all the time. I, I went to the exchange once and was really quite near to the sound desk, the, the lighting desk. Yeah. My angle, I could mm. see the lighting desk. And I was just watching what the guy on the yeah. pulled in the switches was doing for the entire duration of the play. And, and I don't know whether that that's <laughs> just just me or whether, you know, you, there are... There are things yeah. that distract you. I mean, like I say, theatre in the round, maybe, maybe it's just looking at that person over there and wondering, are they asleep? Are they asleep? Yeah. Have they nodded off? You know, it's, I mean, there, I mean, I, I know you, uh, there must be, uh, I mean, there are uh, actors all have tales of people in the audience having conversations with them yeah. and, uh, or, or other actors going and shouting at people telling them to switch their phones off mm. and, and all this kind of thing. And I, I kind of wonder really whether we as a, as a culture are experiencing theatre differently. Is our patience, shall we say, mm. because we can sit at home tapping our phones yeah. when the Shakespeare's on. Mm-hmm. Do you think you know, we are able to, as a, in, in the future, do you still think there is a place for the, the sort of the long play, the Shakespeare as a television production? I mean, I know they've made mm-hmm. new mm-hmm. version. I mean, uh, Hollow Crown. Yeah. Hollow Crown is mm-hmm. kind of like the modern take on the Shakespeare plays, isn't yeah. it? And, uh, and I just wonder whether you felt they worked or did you find them less satisfying or more yeah, satisfying? Yeah, I, didn't, wa- I didn't, wa- didn't watch them. <laughs> didn't didn't watch them at all? Yeah. Right, okay. Just any any reason why you weren't drawn Yeah, to I think I'm reminded of the uh, the Alec Guinness quote about uh, people who mess about with Shakespeare and mm. wh- why don't they write their own play? <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough, that's fair. So that's fine. That's kind of the yeah, way I kind of uh, feel about that. So, yeah, I kind of... I like the, the the kind of the text to be proper mm. proper in Shakespeare, you know. Mm. Don't, don't well, there are I mean there are quite famous short versions of Hamlet, aren't there? There are kind of because mm. I mean the full I mean the cat this is it the Branagh film is yes. the full mm-hmm. text, it, but there are other films that have been made of Hamlet which run to ninety minutes. Yes, so. yeah. I mean, coming I, back, the, the 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 great Hamlet of the sixties was apparently Nicole Williamson, right. And he did, uh, he did wander off one night because he didn't think he was on his uh, on his game. <laughs> I do think that the BFI have got there is a collection of sixties and fifties Shakespeare productions, which I, th- I think would be fascinating. I've not actually uh, got them because they're name inexpensive. Yeah, but <laughs> but they are again the previous generation doing pretty much what the the version we started talking about the bbc so, version yeah and yeah. it's like it's almost like the kind of a, there's a challenge there that you've got to go and put down your your hamlet for the uh, mm. for the ages and you know gilgood's gone mm. there you go do uh, you, mi- do you i mean is it one of the i suppose one of the great tragedies of history that we say we didn't have television in the the, the victorian era some of those great actors we talk about now that we'll never get to see their performances. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, uh, the there's a, there's generations of actors prior to 
the current crop yeah. who we can't. And I, I always feel a bit like that with the cricket, you know. <laughs> Weirdly, there are kind of games that we'll never see with people who are legendary players. Mm -hmm. but, but again, and again, with acting, it's it's kind of like there are names that mm -hmm. sort of sort of come through, like William Gillette doing his. Um, Sherlock Holmes, you almost just feel, yeah, I'd like to have seen that. I'd like to have heard. Again, because there are some audio recordings of the great actors. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's a quite famous recording of early Geel Good Hamlet, isn't there? Mm -hmm. And or, the, or, or Ralph Richardson, yeah. one or two. Mm -hmm. And with these terribly reedy voices, but also the way language changes and the way performance changes mm -hmm. over the decades. I mean, we, we can now have your cockney geezer doing his his hamlet if yeah. you like you know whereas the received pronunciation probably prior to television prior yeah. to the 50s acting voice mm -hmm. you know i mean what's your take on olivier generally slightly hammy <laughs> right interesting because you know the greatest actor of his generation yeah. according to <laughs> tm <laughs> but, but yeah but no you know acting styles have changed you know mm. And so. do we feel that, that that is actually quite interesting to just be able to see the differences as much as anything? Yeah. That's part of yeah. why television and plays work so well mm -hmm. together, is you actually do get to see that change over time. Yeah. And, you know, what is, you know, what's considered groundbreaking mm. 40, 50 years mm. ago? You're a bit like, meh. Because, I mean, it's Voyage Around My Father is, is good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but sorry, I'll, I'll, and Olivier yeah, in, I'll, I'll, in yeah, Marathon. I'm, pro I'm probably talking about Olivier doing Shakespeare here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what I'm saying is that his his acting did adapt as well. Yes. This is the, mm -hmm. and that's the interesting thing of having these records, if you like, of, of, of performances. Yeah. Because I mean, I suspect that when if you sort of sat down and watched the two Henry V of the the Brano version after the. Uh, Olivier version. Yeah, you would have a very different take on on what Henry V was, mm -hmm. and, and I think it's also interesting that because now people have such long careers. Did I not hear that Ian he's McKellen play, he's playing Hamlet? He's playing Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. Which is is eighty what eighty eighty odd yeah. years old. Mm -hmm. That's uh, and of course uh, from what I remember, I mean I'm not massively over familiar with Hamlet, but I I seem to remember he's a bit of a teenager. Yes. Which goes yeah. to the show, I suppose it's it's not necessarily the the performer; it's the words, and you know, yeah, mm -hmm. anybody can play yeah, it. Yeah, and... yeah. By the by the time you're kind of, uh, you've got your acting chops and you're uh, mm. in a position to do Hamlet, you're, mm. you're too bloody old. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hamlet, uh, sort of through through the lens of Lear. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, Shakespeare. Right. Generally, you would say all human life is there. Yeah. So you would you would recommend a bit of Shakespeare to to our listeners as, oh, a, as a, a television Shakespeare? Yeah, that's it. It's always always interesting. You don't, don't need to watch the whole thing. <laughs> ah, yeah, the old oh, the edited highlights. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I'll have a look at a bit of it. Because yeah, I mean the most yeah, the most recent potted Shakespeare. It was, it was the uh, was it uh, there, there was a recent Hamlet on TV which I watched, which was kind of uh, again it was one of these live Omelet. Hamlet ones. Yeah, so. Andrew, was it Andrew Scott, Andrew Scott, ah, okay. somebody of yeah, right. of that. That I was not not, not mm. going to get that right. I think I, I think I've still got the Eccleston Macbeth on a yeah. hard drive somewhere. Mm. So, yeah, uh... but yeah, if if there's one to watch, it's uh, it's always Macbeth because mm. the story rattles along in it. 
and plenty happens and not too many. Uh... I'll tell you what, the thing that gets me about Macbeth, and I, I think it's a great, I, it is, you know, it's an enjoyable play and it can be mm. uh, done in, in many and varied different ways. The, the fact is that they say it's such a good woman's role, mm. Lady Macbeth. Yeah. And yet, actually, in the second half, it really isn't, is it? It's, no. it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's quite, it's, it's good in the first half, but yeah. then, and there are, again, there are, as we've said, with various sort of ethnic. Uh, issues and attitudes and what have you mm. of the time of the writing there's also the writing for women can be a little bit on yeah. and off mm. shall we say in Shakespeare yep. but, um, but then again most of those parts were played by men back in the day anyway weren't <laughs> they which which makes it even more uh, indeed indeed yeah. well that's been fabulous right. Sandy thank you very much for the natter thank you, for Martin. for sort of projecting to to the, the back of the stalls <laughs> there for us and uh we will have you back again soon. Oh, You're sure. not going to get away with it. Right. <laughs> we will we'll let you come back and, and do your, your bow and um, <laughs> we'll see you again soon. You take care. Bye. Many thanks, as ever, to Sandy McGregor for treading the boards, slapping on the makeup, pulling up the tights, opening up the tabs and giving us a backstage tour of everything he loves about theatre on the telly today. And whilst the theatre society that Sandy is a long-serving and very active member of might not be a, quote, professional one, like a lot of theatres, they've struggled to survive during this past year or so. So if you are a person who enjoys a bit of live performance, do try and support it by turning up at your venue of choice and buying a ticket for a show just as soon as you can. Bums on seats and all that. Anyway, that's it for yet another edition of Vision on Sound. Thanks as ever to everyone at Fab Radio International for allowing us to do our thing each week. And of course, to all of you listening out there. Don't forget that you can always contact us via the Twitter feed at VisionOnSound1 if you have any feedback, comments and suggestions for things that you might like us, or indeed yourselves, to talk about. Hope to see you soon. So, until next time, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye, and take care.